Anyways, once again, my friends, and welcome back to Why We Geek, the show where we take a piece of geek culture, doesn't have to be, but usually it is, and we take it apart, we dissect it, and we show you why we love it, and in some cases, why we love it so much that we want to fix it. Today, we don't necessarily have to have that problem, because now that we're into the holidays, it's kind of nostalgia fest for everybody. I like to call it nostalgia fest, uh, because we have two subjects that I think are going to be more worthwhile uh, to bring in during the holiday season than any other and today we're talking Nintendo but first let me go ahead and introduce my panel of fellow geeks and fellow awesome guys in general you might actually recognize both these faces from the geek news reviews and opinions podcast as we discuss all things Nintendo and let me go ahead and introduce the defender of the mushroom kingdom Brinton Volley of Brinton Volley Gaming how you doing tonight Brinton wonderful because we're talking about Nintendo Exactly. And then also, he wants to be the best like no one ever was. I'm also going to introduce Alex Short, the Shadow Blazer himself. How you doing, Alex? God, I am so out of it right now because I seriously thought we were recording Star Wars tonight, but that's okay. I can think on my feet just as well. (laughs) Spoiler alert, that's next month. (laughs) Uh, Yes, tonight is is Nintendo and uh, all things awesome in Nintendo. Now, the cool part is is about uh, about doing things like this, just like I did with the horror podcast with Stephen Romney in October, is that with something as broad as that, you can eventually go back to it and you can dissect it a little bit more. And that's really what I'm hoping to do with Nintendo, because what can you do to further dissect? You could talk about the, the specific eras of the consoles. You can talk about the 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 franchises that they have you can talk about specific developers i'm sure at some point i'll want to do a why we geek on shigeru miyamoto probably the day that the security hauls him out of the building but that's that's just going to be the way it goes but today we're talking nintendo in general and the main reason that we're talking nintendo is nintendo's had a, a what i would like to call a very productive year could it have been as productive as any of the other major console developers mm, there's some debate on that but they did release a console this year they did have some major game releases uh, happen in the meantime so there's plenty of stuff to be able to take apart and see not only our love for nintendo but also our love uh, or hope that our hope that our love for nintendo can extend moving forward and of course the way that i start things off with the first question is always an easy one and that is why or what what was your first moment playing a Nintendo console, playing a Nintendo game? And what was the moment that actually got you hooked into being a fan of Nintendo? And we'll go ahead and start with Alex here. So what was your first moment that you ever got uh, to play a Nintendo console or a Nintendo game? Well, I don't know that I could boil it down to any specific moment. But as a young kid, I remembered we had... We had a Super Nintendo system. Before that, we had the Sega the Sega Master System and the Sega Genesis, also known as the Sega Mega Drive, to those overseas. So we were kind of a bit in the Sega family, Sega camp, so to speak. You know, I'm a big Sonic the Hedgehog nerd. And but we but we had a Super Nintendo. We missed out on the NES, but we had the Super Nintendo. And I don't know how when or who got the super nintendo but it was just there and you know i played video games all the time so we you know i'd always bounce between playing different consoles i played the sega genesis then i played the super nintendo and you know i remember fondly playing games especially like donkey kong country donkey kong country 2 and eventually 3 i think 
it was mostly those games. We didn't have a whole lot of games for Super Nintendo, but it was definitely the Donkey Kong Country trilogy that my sister and I, especially together, played a lot. So I guess you could say that's that was my big moment. Okay. Uh, Brinton, what would you actually say was your first moment on either a Nintendo console or a Nintendo game? And what was also the moment that like solidly made you a Nintendo fan? Well, for me, I can pinpoint a moment in time. Uh, there was this, um, there's like this barber shop or just like this kid's haircut place um, nearby where I used to live in Sandy. And um, they had like, video game consoles rigged up to the televisions in there so while you're getting your haircut you could play a video game well that's when i first became acquainted with the super mario 64 and uh we had a playstation in my house so my parents couldn't really justify ever really purchasing a nintendo 64 ever so um and so whenever i, I needed to get my haircut it was i want to go to the video game place I want to go play video. I want to play Mario while I get my hair cut. Um, and so I grew to love playing Mario through um, getting my hair cut. That was like literally the only time I could play a Nintendo 64. After that place shut down, uh, there were these neighbors. Uh, my sisters were friends with um, um, their like this family's daughters down the street. And they had a Nintendo 64, so I was like, oh, well, can I play this? And so we ended up playing, like, me, my two sisters, and these two other girls. The five of us would end up playing um, Mario Kart, Super Mario 64. Um, those are the only really two big games I can think of off the top of my head. But that's when I it made me realize, oh, this is a lot a fun i like i really 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 like mario and then and then just as a, like a little appendage onto it just being a kid in elementary school that's when pokemon started to surge and become popular and so i was like oh well i like i i can't even tell you how many times i begged my parents for a game boy because i wanted to play a pokemon game and then finally one christmas um i got my first handheld which was a game boy advance um, and they got me Pokemon Crystal version, and and I've been playing Pokemon ever since. <laughs> I was actually going to say, because like, you two were of the generation where like you were kids when Pokemon came out. So then at that point, you guys were kind of involved in the trading scene and all that, whereas when Pokemon came out, first of all, I actually didn't have access to, to Pokemon. I, my first exposure to it was the anime, not the games. Um, and, and part of that was just because where I was living at the time, <laughs> but I was in high school when that happened. So like, and, and keep in mind that the, you know, this was still the era where there were still isms or, or taboos involved with being a gamer, especially in the school space. So you couldn't necessarily admit that you were a Nintendo fan, or you couldn't also admit that you were a gamer without having some kind of societal repercussions within school. Um, for me, my first time is going to sound like a lot of YouTubers, a lot of internet personalities first time. Uh, it was Christmas of 1984, 1985, um, or no, not even that, uh, cause I was about three or four years old. So that would have been 1987. 
when my dad and my dad is an was an engineer so like he would bring tech home he actually brought home a amiga computer for us to be able to use because it was the they were the artsy computers they were the ones that actually came preloaded with a paint program i just blow blew you guys' mind you're like what are you talking about? Windows always came with a paint program. No, not not always. Old PCs never had it. But in in this case, like that was cool to us. And then all of a sudden on Christmas 1987, my my dad decided to get us a Nintendo Entertainment System. And the, the games that he got for us were Super Mario Brothers and The Legend of Zelda. And uh, as much as people might actually think that Zelda was my first ever exposure and my first love for Nintendo, I actually hated Zelda with a blinding passion as a kid. Um, that that I, I want to hear why now. Um, it didn't have enough to keep me invested. Like it, for, for me, it was the game where you ran around in circles. That's that's basically what it meant to me. And it was also a game that my brother kind of hogged. So at that point, it's like, yeah, because I mean, he was playing he was playing, but he was also playing with other kids in the neighborhood. They were trying to figure it all out together. So that was what he was playing. But I played a lot of Super Mario Brothers because that was the cool thing to me. I liked the fact that you could jump around and and uh, be able to avoid all the turtle people. And the fact that, you know, your princess was always in another castle. So that was the game that actually. I'm it was saying, a little red it was I'm a sorry, little I'm red promo saying... that brought me to the Nintendo banner. It wasn't Link. Link I didn't come to love Link until much much later with A Link to the Past. So uh, honestly, I think that's okay because Mario was more of like the star and then Link like Link and Zelda came after Mario. So I think that's completely fine and acceptable. And for some people Link like The Legend of Zelda was their first thing because they were kind of after the whole Mario hype and got swept away in the Zelda hype. So I think that's completely understandable and acceptable. And a, and a thing that actually helped with that is like my older brother was a Zelda fan. And part of that was because he was already there's like a seven year difference between me and my older brother. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he was in middle school and he was already doing role playing. So at that point, like Zelda's not a stretch for that because he was already playing Dungeons and Dragons in his spare time. So Zelda was not a stretch to that. Uh, for me, I was five, four or five. So and also a, a little rambunctious ball of energy uh, with massive ADD. And I couldn't I couldn't focus on Zelda long enough to be. That's why I, I couldn't get into it or any other game aside from Mario and actually Metroid a little bit later. Uh, just because, like, to me, Metroid seemed different, even though later on you look at it, they're not really all that different. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mario was the one that brought me in, not necessarily Legend of Zelda. It's it's kind of funny that I'm not saying I hate Mario these days, but I tend to latch t- more towards Metroid and Zelda as a fan now. Um, that's just kind of the, the way things go. Um The next question that we actually need to get into is Nintendo's been around the block for a while. Uh, I think that's actually understating it. They've been through nine console generations that are actually or eight to nine console generations. They are the the only company that can actually say that they have. So the next question is um, of the various console iterations that have come out. What is your favorite console that you've ever owned by Nintendo and by that I mean you had the most games that you loved on it you have the most nostalgia for 
Like, if this thing was going to get a classic with, you know, 10% of the game library and all that, you'd just immediately go out and you'd, you know, you'd camp out for 24 hours to get a copy of it. And I'll go ahead and take this one first. And that, I, I've mentioned it numerous times, I have such a fondness for the 16-bit era. So the Super Nintendo was, like, the NES didn't necessarily hook me as a kid. Because, again, rambunctious little ball of ADD who was out playing in the neighbor's yards and everything like that first and then would come home and play games later. Uh, the 16-bit era was where I actually latched on, where there was a lot more games that I have nostalgic memories for, I have love for. And uh, so, yeah, I, I will always love or 16-bit is is just my you know, my go to console generation if I'm just looking for pure nostalgia. Uh, let's go ahead and do Brinton next. So what console is that for you? The GameCube. OK, all right. I, w I was wondering if it was going to be the Nintendo 64 because you mentioned that as your first love. And usually it's the first love that gets them. <laughs> and, and this um, well, using your example, unfortunately, it is not the first love that got me. Um, like I said, uh, I didn't have a Nintendo 64 growing up, but my first video game console that I could call my own was actually a Nintendo GameCube um, because because my parents like because, like I said, we played PlayStation where we were a Sony family and then, you know, Xbox and PlayStation 2 came out and my parents didn't want to pay the money for a PlayStation 2. And so that's when our gaming life as a family started to dissipate. But my cousin Brendan had um, this really cool game where there's this kid who dressed up in green and rode around on a sailboat. And so <laughs> I, yes! I begged and begged my parents for a GameCube because I wanted to play The Wind Waker. See, I told you, Alex, it was awesome. I never doubted and, it was awesome. No, no, you you actually, so we just barely did the Wind Waker on Draken Shadow, and, and you enjoyed the journey. Yeah. Despite I, all the problems. I did. And so, um, and so I got a GameCube for Christmas, and, and I remember my dad being like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty cool. And... And a lot of people don't know this about me, um, but my first Zelda game was The Wind Waker. Uh, I didn't play Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask or any of those games first. Um, though I did play them eventually. I have finished them. So, I mean, I'm not a noob. I, I, I've played them, but Wind Waker was my first game. And um, that is where the nostalgia comes for me. It had, like, obvious... Well, Wind Waker is my number one all-time favorite game. There's nothing that will ever take it off its pedestal. So th there's that for for an example. Um, Super Mario Sunshine, like that game was the shit. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, sun I, Sunshine? Yeah, you, you Sunshine. Sunshine. I can't tell you how many of us in the community have been like waiting eagerly every E3. Like, can we get in an HD remake of Sunshine for the love of God, please. I, um, I don't know if this is a good time to admit this, Brenton, but I hope you never get that. Oh, um, you're so and then, I, I, I look at that and it makes me feel hot. Well, I mean, I'm from California. <laughs> I'm from California. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. No, my, my issue with that is like um, nothing against Sunshine. I For some reason, me and, my, me and my wife have actually been trying to explain it this week is like, 
when it comes to the 3D Mario games, I'm not a fan of 64. I'm not a fan of Sunshine, but I love Galaxy and I love Odyssey. I can't explain this to you people. I don't know what they did differently aside from, you know, going to space and all that, but I I just don't like the first two iterations. <laughs> that that's like way interesting. <laughs> I, like I don't even and, know what to say to that. <laughs> and, and part of part of that is like I have the same problems that a lot of a lot of naysayers of Sunshine have, which is he's just a janitor. He's off doing community service. They should know the difference between a Shadow Mario and a Mario. But then uh, the other part too that that always bugs me is for some reason when I play that game, the temperature in the room just goes up by like thirty degrees, <laughs> and I feel hot. It's and I have to stop playing levels. it because I'm like, <sighs> okay, yeah, I, anything, out, anything out in the sun is what does it. Okay, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you the plot. I'll, like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There have been some days where I'm just like, those mother effing Pianta don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, seriously, he just barely landed in the effing island like literally helped them on the airstrip and then they're like holy shit there he is let's arrest him and it's like <laughs> there's literally absolutely no logic to any of this but it's nintendo so i just have to like it's kind of like what you told me when i experienced devil may cry for the first time i had to check my brain at the door when mm-hmm. i play sunshine i have to check my brain at the door because i yeah. can't logically play that game it hurts and yet with Galaxy and Odyssey, I like Odyssey in particular, because I'm, I'm reviewing that. I have no problem checking my brain at the door. But the other two, I have major problems and I, I can't get my brain to turn off when I play them. <laughs> they, they just like I have no problem with 64 for the like the first 10 stars. And then once once you get into the basement worlds, that's where I instantly go. Uh, and then for Sunshine, it's basically the second I got I get thrown into an area that looks like it's literally 90 degrees out there. And I'm like, well, like have fun when you get vampire. to the yes exactly that's exactly it i'm a i'm secretly a vampire everybody i'm, I'm actually trying to start up the universal monster verse and uh just not working out oh my gosh but yeah that's uh, um i mean i could go on and on and on about the gamecube funny thing is i eventually sold my gamecube when i went to go move in with nathan and i still own my original copy like the copy of wind of the wind waker that i got that christmas day um like I still own that exact copy and in fact if like like the only reason why I bought a Wii U is because of Wind Waker HD other other than that actually I may have I could have seen myself buying a Wii U for Splatoon but I but but that wasn't that wasn't even out like we we hadn't even seen trailers by the time Wind Waker HD happened because if you remember like the the Wii U came out like all we had was Wind Waker HD we had new Super Mario Brothers U um, a bunch of nostalgic titles and maybe like one or two uh, third party titles that were kind of interesting well yeah that the, I, like the point I'm trying to make is if we did not have Wind Waker HD I would have been more like Alex and bought a Wii U at the end of its life not at the beginning yeah. like I ended up doing um, exactly so like again the Wind Waker holds a very important place in my life and in my heart and there like, and there literally has to be something so moving in order for Wind Waker to be knocked down to number two. And right, and as of like, 
Oh, how old was I when I played Wind Waker? 13? It's been over 10 years, and there still has been nothing to knock it down from number from number one. And I rave about a lot of games. Yep. Like, well, and, and, and the GameCube era had a lot of stuff actually going for it. I know that was the first time when people started calling that the kitty console because it was inexpensive and they literally built it so that a kid could drop it and uh, and it wouldn't hurt it. And it didn't help either that like a lot of the monikers of it were Smash Brothers, the debut of Pikmin. But then you also had awesome titles that I know I don't give this series a lot of credit, but Metroid Prime changed the equation quite a bit. Um, especially to those who call this the kiddie console, and yet you had such an adult-based game come out for it. Um, let us not forget that Capcom was able to bring back Resident Evil from the brink on that title with not only a remake of the original Resident Evil, not only a prequel, which for some strange reason makes even less sense than the first game, and then finally, the only console that got this for the longest time was the GameCube, Resident Evil 4. That game was on the kitty console. Just, just let that sink in for a little bit. Anyway, we, we've neglected the Shadow Blazer. So what what is your favorite console generation? Mine is also the GameCube. Aha! Now, you know, I mean, it, it is funny because, like I said, I had the SNES. We also had the N64, you know. I, I, I'm sure you guys have seen that viral video of the kid of the n64 kid you know he opens his christmas gift and he freaks out because he's getting an n64 he's so excited so yeah that was my sister and i christmas like christmas 98 i think so even though we were like that but gamecube is indeed still my my go-to my favorite nintendo although given given the story that brenton just told us i'd like to envision that the secret history of that is that he actually is the nintendo 64 kid I wish I would have I probably would have like had a I would have died if my parents ever gave in to me wanting to get a Nintendo 64 but they just like they did not budge one little bit I think the only reason why they were willing to do the Nintendo GameCube was for the sheer fact that they themselves had checked out of gaming and were not interested in continuing on with the PS2. Therefore, they were okay justifying, oh, well, if this is something that he wants, then yeah, sure, why not? And we ended and and I mean we ended up playing like Mario parties on it as a family anyway. So like we moved like we moved on from being a Sony family to a Nintendo family. It's just what happened. Yeah, and 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 yet the irony here is that um, we brought up Alex's Wii U, and uh, he ha- he has jumped the ship yet again because he actually sold his Wii U and now has a shiny new PS4. Yes, but I'm also getting the Switch in the not too distant future. <laughs> you you are yeah, so you are. I, I, I and I, I'm I'm partially to blame for this because we we've given him a lot of exposure to the Switch recently. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good on you. It's not a blame. It's more like an applause. I'll I'll Dang get right. you a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I really can only blame myself for getting the Wii U at pretty much the tail end of its life cycle. Considering by that point we still we were already getting the NX rumors and there was already a lot of good speculation that it was going to be coming out really soon. But I thought. I guess I just justified it to myself. I think I got a bit more time than I think. And lo and behold, as the worst possible timing ever, like 
pretty much exactly a week later, we got the final NX reveal as the Switch, and we got the release date. And I was kicking yep. myself all day long because I was like, oh my god, I literally Because you could have put, yeah, exactly. You could have put that money, instead of going <laughs> to the dying Wii U, you could have gone to the to the blossoming Switch. Yeah, I should have, should have, should have, but oh well, that's where we'll get into the future. So anyway, onto my GameCube story, my wonderful GameCube Odyssey. So GameCube was, I want to say the first, I think so. It, I'm trying to, because I bought a PS2 also shortly sometime. One of the two came first, I can't remember which, but I did partly pay for the GameCube myself with my own allowance, my own money. Uh, I had some help from my older sister, of course. She was nice enough to pitch in. But the GameCube was partly one that I partly bought for the first time ever. You know, it was probably... That was 2003, so I was probably about 13 or so. And a big, obviously, huge motivation. I said it before. I must, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, of course, the Dreamcast had died. Sega jumped ship from console making and was going third party. And, well, lo and behold, Nintendo, of all people, got got Sonic Adventure 2 and I've been aching so much to play that. I never could get a Dreamcast, but now it was going to GameCube and I'm like, I gotta get a GameCube. Somehow, someway, I gotta get this console. And that's how it worked and it was more than just Sonic, of course. I mean, yes, Sonic Adventure followed, Sonic Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, which I like. Most people don't really like that. Uh, other games, of course, included Fantasy Star Online, which I never played online, even though the GameCube does have a modem extension. Fun fact for anybody who doesn't know that. Uh, I, Andrea and I, my older sister Andrea, we had several Harry Potter games on the GameCube. We loved playing those. You know, we, I usually got to play like she'd be at work or at school or something. I get to like play through most of the afternoon into the evening and I'd leave her little notes. I'm like, watch out for this particular area. There's a, there's a prefect hiding. So we were just kind of tag teaming that game a little bit. And, and Smash Brothers Melee was so much fun. I, I would take my GameCube like to like parties or school or something and we'd just have a ball. We'd have game. That's what I loved. It was so portable. It's so easy to carry around. I, a lot of people did give it flack for being like the lunchbox console because it had a handle, but man, that portability made it great for party games like Mario Party and Smash Brothers. So that's why I love the GameCube so much. Well, it's one of those things that that I, I always love the, the the fact that people knock Nintendo for being the kiddie console developer, but actually, that's the console developer that you want to be. You want to be Nintendo. Nintendo has had a fan base that's literally been cultivated since childhood. And so at that point, it's not necessarily a difficult sell for them to go and buy a Nintendo console as their child's first console. And one of the reasons the GameCube was built the way it was is that, look, it's not kids' fault. Occasionally, they have butterfingers. Occasionally, they trip. And so at that point, it was built... With that in mind, I'm, you know, kids are going to have that issue. I'm an adult. Who, it was built like a Game Boy, yes, for crying out loud. I'm an adult who hurts himself on a daily basis, pretty much. <laughs> Not intentionally. I just find new ways to hurt myself at work or whatever. But you and I, I both. So it's good for me to have something durable and something sturdy. And, you know, the Game Boy, you know, we, we think of it as being designed with kids in mind. But the idea of the durability was really for like the average businessman 
going on the train, putting the Game Boy in his pocket, maybe missing his suit pocket, and, oh, he drops the Game Boy. Well, it doesn't break. It's made of friggin' titanium, practically. Yet it's light as a feather. That's what's great. Nintendo knows how to build their stuff to last. They don't build it with absolute fragility. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you can give them the criticism that, yes, the mini discs were were just Nintendo trying to be, you know, the tyrants of the industry and still hold true to the physical media. But it doesn't matter if this thing was built with DVDs in mind. I'm sure they would have at least put that aesthetic into play um, to be able to protect the or protect the discs and, and themselves as well as the hardware that was within. So, I mean, those mini discs were the shit. And anybody who says they weren't needs to be shoved into a hole. No, it, it, but it, it's an it's an acknowledgeable fact is like um, Nintendo still wanted to hold uh, dominion over physical media. And that's why they didn't go to discs when PlayStation did. They stuck with car- cartridges for Nintendo 64. And the same reason existed when they did mini discs is because they still wanted to hold that. I'm not I'm not dissing mini discs. I'm fine with whatever media you want to shove down my throat as long as it works. Um, so at that point, like. It, that this is just a, an acknowledgeable fact. Nintendo was still trying to to hold on to that. It was only by the Wii that they finally said, "Oh yeah, we we really can't win this fight." So that being said, uh, let's go ahead and move on into the next question, which is okay. If I were to probably say who's a Mario fan on this panel, everybody would raise their hand. If I was to say everybody was a Zelda fan, everybody would raise their hand. But then there are some franchises in Nintendo that not everybody is a fan of not everybody got a level of exposure to and so at that point the next question is going to be and this is and and by the way people actually do ask how these questions come through they are not only produced by our listeners of the why we geek podcast but also um just general stuff that i see online that get gets asked about people's love for a particular thing including nintendo and so the next question is actually from a listener what is one and I'll even give you a second one if you want it. Um, what are two franchises that you love from Nintendo that not necessarily everybody else does either? And the reason I'm uh, and and for that ruling, I'm actually going to toss out Mario and Zelda. The reason being is that everybody's a fan of it. And I know Alex was like, dang it, because I just barely became a Zelda fan. But no, there are also some other franchises that you're a fan of that maybe not necessarily everybody else is. And and for you, I'll, I'll even toss in. You could bring up Zelda if you want to. But for me and Brinton specifically, we're Mario fans. We're Zelda fans. Let's find some other franchises and give them a highlight that don't necessarily get one. So, for example, the ones that I'm actually going to bring up, first of all, I've said it numerous times. I've had arguments with people numerous times on this. Yes, I'm a Metroid fan through and through. Metroid has been one of the rockier franchises that I've actually followed in my entire life because a it's difficult for Metroid to make. I mean, for crying out loud, Super Metroid was awesome. And then we literally went two console generations before we saw the next iteration of Metroid. Um, So Samus even though being the fir- one of the first uh, female gaming protagonists has had a very rough lifespan as far as anybody is concerned. And, and it's actually one of those things that makes me really happy about um, the remake of Metroid 2 on 3DS. Oh, that was, it's so addictive. I can't drop it. And the fact that even though I'm not a big fan of the Prime series, Prime 4 is coming for Switch. Um, so that's one of my favorite franchises. The other one that I'm going to mention that I don't think gets a whole lot of highlight um, 
to a lot of people and I'm actually not necessarily too much of a fan but I'm looking to become one and that is our but or our may he rest in peace Satoru Iwata's masterpieces well not necessarily his but he was part of their development the mother series aka earthbound um I'm an RPG nut through and through I've I've literally gone out of my way especially when after starting my YouTube channel to try out JRPGs and RPGs that I never got my hands on uh, as a kid so like my first exposure to the dragon warrior series happened because i started a youtube channel uh, my first exposure to persona or um i've, I've grandi is another one that i played because of it uh i think i've even played a little bit of the tales series now because of um my love of rpgs and one of the other ones that gets recommended to me all the time and therefore is on my wii u and also on my switch when you know they decide to release mother 3 is uh is the mother series and i'm looking forward to being able to play them i've played a little bit of earthbound from time to time but i love the fact that earthbound zero or the nes earthbound has finally made its way to the wii u virtual console so i'm, I'm also going to tip my hat to that and say i'm excited to play it and uh and give it that highlight especially considering that iwata san has since passed on but uh let's go ahead and open up to the panel so alex what are one to two franchises of nintendo that not everybody is a fan of, but you are a diehard fan of? Well, to be honest, I don't think I have anything for this. Uh, I haven't played a lot of their flagship franchises on my own, uh, at least not the ones that already have the acclaim and popularity. I mean, Pokemon is still pretty loved, and you know, Zelda's obviously still pretty big. Mm, you'll, you'll notice that I didn't disinclude Pokemon. Yeah, but I don't know. Pokemon kind of falls into that concept that it's already got a huge fan base <laughs> it does but it's one of those things that i have a difficult uh, a difficulty calling it a nintendo based fan base because game freak is really what people when, when you talk to a diehard pokemon fan game freak is always the ones they bring up first not nintendo um so at that point i do consider it a nintendo franchise but i would also call it kind of a niche franchise for a lot of people that don't necessarily get the Nintendo consoles. They stay strictly with the handhelds and the simple reasons because they're only interested in the Pokemon games. That's true. You know, Pokemon is, it certainly was one of the, is, was one of the quirky things. And I, you know, a lot of people have never quite understood the whole split version thing. And, you know, it, which I didn't understand until reading, reading about it fairly like a few years ago that, you know, the idea is, Sure, for us in America, the split version ideas don't don't make a whole lot of sense. But for a country like Japan, which has a much greater population density and everything's much more accessible, like walking distance where kids are more likely to take the train to public schools and whatnot, there therein lies the brilliance of the concept of of split versions of link cables so i yeah i suppose pokemon still remains it and i know a lot of people there are still the gen 1 hardcore purists and while i'll still say gen 2 is my favorite i still love pokemon crystal to death and i love the gold heart gold silver remakes i've still enjoyed pokemon from from the it well into the modern era that's what i'm trying to say yep okay uh, and then, actually, another series that I don't know if you actually considered, but I know that you're a fan of, Star Fox. Yeah, Star Fox. It's just, uh, having uh, the only two games of Star Fox I played was Star Fox 64 and, uh, 
the Wii U remake, Star Fox Zero. So you've played everything that everybody else has played. (laughs) Look, I'm a fan of uh, Star Fox Assault, which came out for for GameCube. It's actually, in my opinion, better than Zero. Um, 64 is all is the penultimate one. But if you think about it, most of most of the exposure that Star Fox fans have is always baselined at 64. I've come across very few people who have actually said that they were a Star Fox fan from the SNES, the SNES game. They they became fans at 64. And so that I think that's really all the immersion that you need into the series. Um, Zero, I actually think hurts it, honestly, but that's me. Yeah, to an extent, mostly just because of the weird clunky design scheme with the motion controls made it really kind of frustrating to play that. Okay. Brinton, what would you say are your two favorite Nintendo franchises that aren't necessarily all beloved by all the fans? So um, I can only think of one, and that is Animal Crossing. That is a niche franchise. It really is. For some people, like you said, it's a niche. It's not for everybody. Um, There is a level of monotony in that game for some people that would deem it super boring or unenjoyable and why would i want to live my life in a video game when i can live my life outside of a video game for me for some strange reason i enjoy playing life simulation games because i've spent most of the week recreating my dogs in the sims 4 but (laughs) i super i also super love animal crossing i remember again um this is like two years now that I've had my GameCube and I was at Best Buy on uh, 114th and State and I had like a gift card for my birthday and my parents needed to go pick something up or wanted to look at something at Best Buy so I'm just looking through the video game section back when it was in like the northwestern part of the building before they like moved everything around just to tell you like how that makes me feel super old i can't believe i remember that anyway i remember um i just remember looking through some of the games and i was and i was just like well i guess i'm not getting anything because i don't really see anything that i want and then i saw animal crossing and i was like oh i saw a commercial for this this looked interesting and um and it was cheap i could afford it with my gift card so i bought it and it was like the most like it was the strangest game that i enjoyed immensely so much i would come home from school and i would like play in my little town for like two maybe like two maybe three hours after school because of course i still had to do homework and chores and all that stuff but i got like my dad involved my sisters involved and in like one town you could have four people playing in there so it got to the point where like my sisters had their own little house and whenever i was playing the other animals would be talking about like my siblings characters i would like buy stuff for my sisters and send it in the mail they would do the same thing for me we would help each other out and trying to get our like house loans paid off it was less it was just like the most relaxing fun game that I just grew to love so, 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 so much. Um, and I never played Wild World, but I did play City Folk, which I didn't enjoy as much. And then um, and then I got and then I bought a Nintendo 3DS specifically to get New Leaf, um, which I was which 
the whole idea of you're the mayor, you get to choose how to run the town, you get to choose stuff to build in the town and like build it up. That was just like revolutionary to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the best way to like evolve the franchise and evolve the series. And then, and then today, or today as of when we're recording this podcast, the um, Pocket Camp app uh, just went live. So I have that sitting on my phone and I'm probably going to start building up my little camp as soon as we're done, you know, as I'm going to bed. And so, and so I'm just that person. I fit into niche. I was just like, yeah, this is fun. This is something that I enjoy. I love interacting with these little animals. I loved you know, getting little gifts, doing things for them. It wasn't boring to me. Um, and just because, and just because of like my love for it and just how much I raved about it, I've actually been able to get people to give animal crossing a chance. Um, especially with like new leaf being its most recent, like console version. Um, and I've had people come back to me and be like, yeah, just that was actually a lot more fun than I initially gave it. Um, and I'm glad that I gave it a chance. So okay, very cool. So so you have Animal Crossing. Was there another one that you wanted to to list in there? Or? Uh, nope, just just Animal Crossing. I can't oh. really think of any other uh, franchise that I have a really huge passion for that maybe you know a select group of people may not. Um. So I actually find it funny that you brought up Animal Crossing because if you had, if you and me had talked like ten years ago. I would not have understood where you were coming from. I would have just been like, Ugh. you know, like th that would not be a game that I would ever have picked up. And then a couple of years ago, Stardew Valley just happened to come out. And now I completely understand that viewpoint. I I don't know if I would ever, I still kind of have a, a little bit of an issue with the, the way things look in an animal crossing game. Like I, I never liked big head mode as like a cheat. And I, that's like my only beef with the animal crossing franchise is like, I don't like big heads that, that weirds me out for some weird reason. Um, but Stardew Valley is that for me. Like I cannot begin to explain to people why that's fun, but I actually have to end my day playing it. I have to end my day going to go pick up my perp snips and my turnips out of my, out of my farm. I have to go try and get Abigail that one extra gift so that I can romance her. And I cannot begin to explain to you why I have to do this, but it's strangely Zen. Like it's strangely relaxing to me. And it doesn't help that this thing's on the switch now. I take it to bed with me. I mean, my wife gets mad. I mean, I, that it's not just the best though. I mean, like, I mean, obviously I have New Leaf on the 3DS, but I don't always carry my 3DS around with me as much as I should. But I carry my phone everywhere with me. So now when I'm like in my fourth period, just because I proctor it more than I teach it, than I should say. When I'm in my fourth period, while the students are doing their homework, I'm going to be sitting there just like, hee, building a camp. <laughs> yep. Uh, so now that we've covered all of this stuff, you know, we've covered the best, and it's I, I think it's only fair because Nintendo, for most fans, has had its ups and downs, although we discuss some of the downs. Um, and so the, the thing that in particular I'm going to bring up, we brought up our best console, like our favorite one that we, we like to bring up to people and, and is our, like our nostalgia fest. What would you actually consider to be your least or worst console that Nintendo has actually made? 
uh, in your lifetime. So I'll go ahead and start this one, and I don't even need to think about it, and and some people are going to get mad because I'm a hypocrite or whatever, but when looking back on it, I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about the Wii. Um, The Wii is not necessarily a generation that brought a lot of stuff to the table for me. It did bring out Mario Galaxy and... um, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, but then it also brought Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, which is a walking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Walking carpal tunnel inducer for me. Um, and on top of that, just a lot of the mechanics being based around waggling and the motion controls. That was really cool at the very beginning. It's like, oh my gosh, we are the controller now. And it's amazing. And as the generation wore on, you really started to see the problems in that argument and and why i didn't necessarily want that as a control scheme for every single game that i played um so much so that i was actually really happy when the wii u got an announcement or got its announcement i wasn't excited for the games i was excited for the pro controller i was like yes i get a controller again um i was very happy about that but uh, the one that i have the least uh, good memories for unfortunately is the Nintendo Wii as much as I love the, the games that did come out for it I do have complaints about them and uh, yeah I just I, I don't have that many good memories talking about the Wii and, and that generation uh, let's go ahead and start with Brinton next so what what would you actually consider to be your worst or at least least favorite Nintendo console um, well Adam funny enough uh, a lot of my thoughts are parallel with yours on the Wii yeah i mean i like don't get me like i enjoyed it for what it was but the novelty wore off super quick and i actually played twilight princess on the gamecube because i couldn't get a wii why could i not get a wii not because my parents didn't want to buy one because i couldn't find one Uh for a year and a half and see this is where where alex is getting a little uncomfortable because the funniest thing is um, it's funny that you brought up your older sister, Alex, because you know how I got my Wii. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so Alex or, or Brinton brought up the problem. Okay. It was not easy to get. Um, it was not in, in a great amount of supply. And so the, the reason I, I have a problem saying that the Wii is my least favorite is because, well, my wife actually got me my Wii. Like she actually was able, we, we were both saying like we would help each other. And if we saw another Wii, we would let the other know. Um, and she, I, I don't remember why she went there, but she went to our local FYE, which has since been closed down. Um, and just so happened to go and get us, I think it was a CD or something. And all of a sudden they're like, well, is there anything else that we can help you out with? And she's like, do you have any Wii's? They're like, as a matter of fact, we do. It's like, do you have two? It's like, yeah, give me two Wii's. And she actually bought me my Wii right then and there. Wow. And, uh. Yeah, so you didn't know that? No, I did not know that. My my Wii is is a gift from her. And uh actually it's it's one of those things that made me uh melt down and say I must marry this woman. <laughs> I would she for I she understands me. <laughs> so <laughs> if somebody bought me a Wii, good lord, I'd be like, I'm yours. I'm But I'm do you good see my di- do you see my dilemma here? I don't want to call the Wii my least favorite console because she she gave me that, but at the same time yeah, I just don't have too many good memories with it. No, Adam, like, 
The thing is, your good memory with the Wii is the fact that at the time your future wife had purchased it for you because it's like, hey, look, I found this. Here you go. Um, for me, like that's kind of similar to what my dad and I did for each other. Um, we decided uh, because because ultimately it came down to I will purchase it. I will buy it with my own money because I had a job at that point. And so my dad and I um, made a deal. He said, okay, if I find one, then I'll just purchase it and you pay me back. And I was like, okay, deal. Um, and he found one in, and I kid you not, in all the places he could have found a Wii, he found one in Ephraim, Utah. <laughs> Okay, that's great. And so he calls me because he was taking my sister and one of her friends down to a um But morbid... before we go any further, we should probably clarify. Ephraim is like I wanna say farm territory. It's roughly there's it's... search up Snow College. Like for whoever's listening, yeah. search up Snow College, Utah, and then you'll be able to find links to Ephraim, in which you'll then be able to find Google Maps. And then you'll see how freaking small and literally where it is. It's in the so, middle of like nowhere in, in yeah, the state. That's why that's why we're laughing, people, is that it makes it makes zero sense why a Wii would be out there. Honestly, like, like it's a small little town. There's a college, like a two year college and a Walmart. And that is yep. Ephraim, Utah. Which, and, aptly enough, that's probably where the Wii was in the Walmart, which is where my dad found it. And yeah. so I paid him back Um because he had, um, he was taking my sister and her friend down to a Mormon activity um, in Ephraim, Utah. And then on his way back, he was like, I'm just going to check. Saw two, we, saw two we's, called me, and was like, Brenton, should I do it? Should I do it? And I was like, where else are we going to find one in Salt Lake City? And so, um, and so I paid him back. I held my promise. I paid him back. I bought Mario Galaxy that very night before I got home from, like, I got off work, bought Mario Galaxy, was playing it the second I got home because my dad had set up, had, like, set up the Wii and everything. All I had to do was turn it on and just, like, create my little me character. And so, I mean, yeah, that was, like, a good memory I had. I, I enjoyed Mario Galaxy. Um, but other than that, I didn't like the Smash Brothers. I didn't like Mario Kart on the Wii. Um, I played Skyward, Skyward Sword on the Wii U, but I hated the motion controls in Skyward Sword. So, I mean, I mean, it was cool and amazing and like, wow, Nintendo did something different. And that novelty yeah. wore off way too quick. See, the, the funny part is, is like you wanted to own the Wii version of, of Twilight Princess. And I would like to say you, to you, sir, you own the right one because I had the Wii version of Twilight Princess and I wished I'd had the GameCube one, which is what the Wii U version is actually modeled after. So I'm looking forward to getting back into Twilight, uh, into Twilight Princess. Yeah. See if that that gets the bad taste out of my mouth. The funny thing is, I ended up eventually buying a Wii version of Twilight Princess, um, like a couple of yeah, like two, almost three years ago, just to try it out. And I literally never played it again. Yeah. I was I was like, I, I'm so glad that I was one of those people who had to wait the extra month to play it on the GameCube. Because, well, yeah. like I said, the GameCube is my, like, the GameCube is the, is the console that I enjoyed the most. And so I was happy. 
I was happy to play it on the controller. Um, but but yeah, like I mean I mean people now talk and gripe and bitch about like not having amiibo availability. Ho ho ho! You did not <laughs> understand Wii availability. I had no. like I would like like amiibo availability becomes available within that same year. I waited a year and a half before I could even find find a Wii. Not even like, you know, oh, they've become available, but like still find like a year and a half later, they were still difficult to find. It it was so bad, people, that um, I'm not going to name names here because I don't want to get people in trouble. But uh, people might remember, like after a while, Nintendo eventually started cracking down on resellers of the Wii. Um, And in particular, one of the people that uh, so my my exposure to the Wii first was my older brother. My older brother pre-ordered it. He had two. I want to say like they were probably close to to like 10 years old at that point and his third child was like in toddler years so it made sense for him to go out and get this thing and and for people to enjoy it in his family and it was actually awesome because he invited all of us to go and join him when he picked up picked up the Wii and to try it out so we were all um, his family as well as uh, me who was recovering from knee surgery and my little brother and my older sister, we all went over there and we played the Wii until about two or three in the morning. And that was actually a really awesome thing. But we also went with one of my brother's friends who, who is a cherished family friend to this day. And uh, he actually, because pre- he, I don't know how he knew that this was going to be the right thing to do, but um, he actually bought two. One for him and one to resell online. And we all just looked at him and went, why would you want to do that? I mean, this is no reason to go out and buy that. But this guy was a smart guy. Okay, this guy was, this guy was uh, in a very um, high money profession. And uh, we didn't realize that there was going to be a problem in the market. And he made bank because he went off and resold that thing on eBay. I think he sold it for so the the Wii or the Wii was like 200 bucks, I think. He sold it for 500. Holy and somebody crap. bought it. Somebody bought it. So he actually got a net gain out of it. He not only I mean, he paid 500 bucks roughly for all for all the Wii stuff and he made that back just from selling one of them. Now, granted, Nintendo cracked down eventually, but he I, th- I think has happened before the crackdown happened. So he wasn't technically in trouble. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how hard it was to actually secure uh, a Wii back in the day. That's that's how hard it was. Alex, uh, I think we uh, I don't think we've actually gotten to you yet. So your least favorite Nintendo console. Well, for me, it would have to be the Wii U, not just because I jumped on <laughs> so late in the cycle. But again, that's my own d- dumb fault right there. But for me, the Wii U really just was not as good as I really had hoped it would be since I kind of first saw some of the early hype. I think it was like E3 when I got kind of hyped for it. It was like E3 like 2014 or something I got hyped for the Wii U but actually experiencing the console I didn't like it that much to be honest uh the whole novelty of the gamepad just wasn't enough there it because so few games utilized it I think the only game that I ever saw really make any kind of use out of it was well it was uh I'm trying to think it was Shantae Half Genie Hero which you could either play the game under 
it's a, it was a little like Breath of the Wild, where you could either play the game on your gamepad or on the TV. The only difference is Shantae ran it completely simultaneously, so that could be a little distracting if you weren't careful. But, uh, but I, I had yeah, you're, real... you're talking a feature that's that's been involved in a lot of the remakes. Wind Waker HD actually has that mode too. Yeah, so. You know, but yeah, you know, I it think wasn't... Twilight Princess HD had that mode as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most it, of them do. It wasn't very portable, right? The gamepad just wasn't portable. It had awful range. I couldn't like, uh, like I could play it off. For for example, where I'm situated in my house here, you know, I have a little bedroom and right and just like not even down the hall, barely like a few feet from me is our sort of basement family living room kind of ish it's got a big tv that's where i like to play my games you know i couldn't even like take the game pad from that tv room to my little room just a mere few feet down the hall here mute few steps without it losing signal losing losing range i would have to keep the console pretty much close to my proximity so the switch has completely remedied this problem no doubt by having much better better portability options and unfortunately whether it's just through bad development or just through my own bad internet service connection here uh it couldn't my wii u could never connect to our home internet so i was kind of out of the out of luck there so I had no internet functionality with my Wii U, so that kind of killed it for me. And all in all, I only maybe had three games for well, it. Granted, well, to I correct that, it your, your house is not necessarily built for Wi-Fi. That's that's the problem. There is like yeah. it's it's a house built of an older design, and so unfortunately, when you try to utilize things, his his router in in the home is. Uh, upstairs and so it doesn't matter what distance unless he's on the same floor as it he ain't gonna get good internet out of it yeah he, he might as well just put it right next to the thing yeah i mean that, that's the s sad reality because our house yeah. is built in the late 80s so not much i can do about that but in that case and all in all i only had three games granted i dumped my wii u kind of quickly so i could you know, save, start saving you for You did. My... You did in a half. So <laughs> I, I could start saving for the Switch, but there, not a lot of games for me that I felt like it was worth keeping. Kind of bulky, not very portable. I figured, you know, anything I'm going to really want on Wii U right now, I can either get on Switch or I can get on Steam or I can get on PS4. So I figured yeah. it's not a huge loss for me to just dump the Wii U. So that's why I'm looking forward to the Switch all in all. Well, what's, what's really funny when, when he, you know, because I just barely got reminded of this when you're bringing up all your Wii U memories. I remember, I don't know how many times we brought it up on the Geek News Reviews and Opinions podcast yes i'm plugging it again um when when you had just barely become a guest this was before brinton had ever shown up but how many times do you remember like we asked like is this the game that is going to get you to consider buying a wii u like how many we had to have asked you like 30 times Probably alex so. because like smash came out it was like is this going to be the one and you're like eh, no nah. I, th I think i'll go to the i'll go for the 3ds version but i'm not really interested in the wii u version um then all of a sudden the next mario or mario 3d world is this the game that's gonna do it no nah, i think i'm gonna pass on this one <laughs> uh and and it just back and forth and and eventually it took breath of the wild wii u version for him to go and he wasn't even a zelda fan brinton he, he had never even touched the series not well not entirely well, in fairness because we had you and i had started let's yeah, we, play we had it. done playthroughs but you haven't you but, haven't played through a game yeah, yourself yet. i myself had never 
never really touched the games, but because we'd started doing our Let's Plays and I'd been to the Symphony, I started really getting more into the series now. So that at that point, I was like, and seeing the E3 reveal trailer, I was just like, you know what? I'm sold. I And by that point, I'm like, you know, I think there's enough out there to finally get the Wii U. Again, poor timing. I should have known better, but that's my own fault. I, I jumped the gun but there. I- I just remember so many games we brought to your attention and wondered, like, is this going to be the one? Because I, I, I think we did this with you and Romney. We're just like, is this going to be the one that makes them buy it? And and Romney would at least admit occasionally, like, with one of those games of, yeah, that actually might get me to get me to consider buying one. And for you, it's like, no, nah. <laughs> that was like your your default response every single time is like, oh, look, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, I think I'll pass. No, I was, oh, look, Mario Maker. Yeah, I think I'll pass. I That's think it was so funny. I was interested in Hyrule Warriors, but it was just you, you always sort interested. of like, I need a, I just like, I need a bit more. I just need a bit more. I need a few more out there to justify dropping a yeah. couple hundred bucks here. I think Hyrule Warriors was the one where we, we started adding the joke on. It was like, no, he's just going to come over and play on mine. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. there you go. He doesn't have to pay for a dang thing. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I can just borrow yours. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the next question that I want to get into is we, we've been talking a lot about the consoles. And I, I love the fact that you guys have brought up the Switch, but we at least need to acknowledge the other branch of Nintendo that has made them successful. And that is the handhelds. Um, so in a lot of cases, I don't want to necessarily do a best or a worst of them. Um, maybe give us like your favorite handheld that you've been able to own from them, but also just an awesome memory that you have from, from a handheld. It doesn't necessarily need to be the same one, uh, but like an awesome handheld that you have in your life. Uh, for me, my favorite one, I mean, I've already said, like, I'm a fan of the, the 16 bit generation. So it it makes sense that the Game Boy Advance would be my favorite, but I would say a very close second has been the 3DS. I love a lot of what they're doing on the 3DS. And since a lot of that is still, it feels like old school RPG, old school platformer, then it's like my second love handheld wise. But the, uh, the funny story that I have, um, I don't have too many of like older stuff, but the original Game Boy, like I don't people, I don't think people realized how addictive that thing actually was um, when it initially came out, especially to people who were like my dad was doing business trips with other software and hardware companies all the time. And it actually got to a point where when we got our first Game Boy, we got two. Um, and the reason we got two was because one was for the kids. Yeah, that thing got shared really well. Um, we got one for the kids, but we also got one for dad and dad. Nobody touched. Nobody touched because he always took it with him because this was around the time when my dad did a lot of trips over to the East Coast. So he was spending a lot of time in like Vermont and I think New Hampshire uh, to try and sell Uh, computer chips that he had been working on so at that point like he did a lot of time at software and hardware conventions and all that and he would take his game boy with tetris like that's the funniest part is like we as kids we bought other games he bought tetris he was fine with it he had like the he had like an absurd record on his uh, on his cartridge that none of us could beat and the funny part about this is is like you'd think that that would be the end of the story right we bought three more whoa we bought three more and the reason we bought three more was because um a little soon after we did a trip with 
uh, extended family to Disney World. And we actually made not not the kids. We didn't make the kids jealous. The kid the kids were young enough that they didn't care. But um, I remember my aunt was one of them. My grandfather was another. And I can't remember who the the other one was, but they actually got super jealous of me and my dad playing Tetris on the plane. So we actually ended up as Christmas presents buying additional three other Game Boys for these other people. That's the power that that had. And here's the thing, too. Here's the part that made me laugh even more. I didn't know what my aunt did uh, until much, much, much later. She was in politics around that time. She was working, I think, for a mission for an Ohio congressman. And she was playing Tetris in her off time. That's so funny. Yeah, that's how crazy that was. My grandpa still to this day, his only his only favorite game was ever Tetris. And whenever we would ever play games around him and, and granted, like we played a lot of games around my grandfather. He just kind of sit there and just look at us like this. Uh, this was always his stance that he always took. But if you if you put Tetris in his hands and on the Game Boy, he was happy, happy as a clam only game he ever liked so there you go that's the one the one weird handheld story that i have um let's go ahead and go with alex next so what what is your favorite handheld that nintendo has developed and also like any awesome stories that you want to be able to tell with handhelds well my favorite is like yours it's the 3ds the 3ds is by far still my favorite handheld uh, even though I've played a little of the Switch handheld, it's good, but the 3DS has just given me so much good access between new Pokemon games, but a lot of stuff like through the virtual console that are like small digital titles only, or maybe I didn't get the physical copy, but I saw this in the e in the eShop and I'm like, yeah, I want to try this game now. I want to get this game. Right, that's how I finally got myself to, well, play a Shantae game. I'd seen like... Because I'd saw a Shantae Let's Play, the original Shantae Let's Play before. But I don't know, at some point I never connected the dots dots or something or I just didn't think about it as as focused. But I was just like, yeah, I want to try I want to try Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. So I downloaded that on my 3DS. I uh, downloaded, or I don't know, maybe I have the physical. I think it's download. Po Return to Popa LaCroix, which is a fusion RPG Harvest Moon style game and I enjoyed the hell out of that game and you know and of course I have Pokemon games on that I still have not finished Moon I'm sad to say um, I'm a little stuck in there because, uh, but anyway uh, so Is, yeah. are, are we talking stuck like the same way that you were stuck in X where you would get pissed on trips to Moab um, no that was getting I was not getting pissed okay I was just having battles and I was getting my ass your mom kicked. was about to take the okay so, so we, we took a family true. trip to Moab you and your mom was about to take the 3DS I've gotten that playing Pokemon too don't you worry no he, he, no, he got so he got into a multiplayer battle he got he got into a guy that was kind of owning him and uh, and he was mad and so like we were in the middle of like a uh, gas exactly. station meets Burger King and yeah <laughs> I, I was getting yes I was getting competitive and yes I was getting a little frustrated but I was not like 
absolutely getting oh, angry. Oh yeah, no, like no, you, you weren't you weren't spouting f bombs. I you was not. Doing that, I but. was not. You lie. Okay. Anyway, no, no, I said moving you didn't. on. So as for favorite, <laughs> so favorite memories though, it also for me is the original Game Boy Color. I got a Game Boy Color for my birthday. It was ten or eleven. I don't remember which, but it was definitely a birthday present. And it and I got it with Pokemon Blue version. And I just loved that game. I got so deep into it. I don't know if I had seen the anime at this point or not. Maybe it was about the same time. That that would make sense because that's probably why I'm sure I'm sure like my sister or my parents thought, hmm, he likes this. Maybe we should get this for him. So. But I got so big into Pokemon Blue, and my sister kind of got, also got into Pokemon at the same time. She got Pokemon Red, so we could go play back and forth each other. Then I got Pokemon Yellow, then I got Pokemon go- Silver, and then I got Pokemon Crystal. My sister would always get one of the other versions. I'd get one, and she'd get one, and so we could keep uh, playing and trading with each other. And Well, one what, what of the other ones I can guarantee you she didn't buy what so which one well i got her i got her gold oh you got her gold well okay because we because we coordinated because we knew that um you were going to get silver and so i got her gold okay well so there you go yeah i mean either way she'd always have one of the we'd i'd have a version she'd have a version i wouldn't care which as long as i get a version and pope right and that was pretty much my whole game boy color even though there's other games for game boy color it was always just about the about pokemon for me you know from pokemon red blue yellow to pokemon crystal gold silver crystal and of course that evolved into game boy advance and that evolved into ds although by the ds era i fell off a little bit but i got back into the franchise after a while and now i'm still playing again and 3ds so pokemon's still my mainstay but i'm glad with like being an adult who can make and earn his own money, I can buy games of my own free will, so I don't have to just be limited to one series of games. But playing the original Game Boy Color, just so many fond memories. Holding up a flashlight to see in the dark. <laughs> Good times before yeah. backlit screens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because that, that didn't even happen until the Advance SP. Yeah. And that was such an awesome thing. All right, so Brinton, your favorite handheld that you have owned and maybe even a funny story that you have uh, in association with it. Uh, so, I mean, third time, like, third time's the charm. 3DS is also, for me, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite handhelds. Um, I didn't, like, I remember when it first came out. Uh, it was in 2011, and the reason why I remember this is because I was a missionary for the Mormon Church in Italy, and I was walking by a bookstore that because they sell their video games also in like bookstores over there. And so I'm walking by. This yeah, Barnes bookst- and Noble did that for a while, too. Oh, I didn't know that. But, yeah, it was um, weird. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was a little weird to me, too. But it was around the time that uh, Pokemon Black and White version was coming out. And the Diamond Pearl Platinum series was like my, OK, this is it. I'm done playing Pokemon after this. Uh, because I played it on like the DS Lite, um, I was like, okay, I, like I have to be done after this. And I wasn't like super impressed with uh, Pokemon Black and White. I actually did end up buying Black version in Italian, and I didn't like it very much. Not because I was playing it in my second language, but just because I I just I thought the game was just really bad. Um, and then and then that's why I was like, okay, well, I guess this is like. Oh, I guess I decided to talk about a funny story 
all of a sudden. Well, I mean, this isn't really a funny story. I just hated black and white version, and then I somehow got back into playing Pokemon through X and Y. I don't know what made me decide to get it. Um, and then... Oh, and then Nathan was the one who got me to play Pokemon Sun and Moon. But anyway, um, I remember seeing the 3DS on these shelves in Italy, and I was just like, you can play in 3D without 3D glasses. I was like, it was like mind-boggling to me. Um, and I mean, it's only 2011, but still, like, that was only six years ago. So it was still like mind-boggling to me because technology, even at the start of this decade, was still fairly, like growing i remember being i remember like even five years ago um my parents showing me like showing me an ipad and they're like this is a tablet and i was like what the hell is this thing? yeah right i like i was so out of it when i came back from my mission i mean i've got i've gotten back into things but i'm still part of like the early millennials where Tech, like technology is cool but and like i kind of grew up with it but at the same time i'm like i kind of don't care because it's just so much to keep track of but um but anyway eventually i got eventually i got a 3ds um it was for animal crossing new leaf which i've had the fondest of memories with building up my first little town um it was also like all around the time like I was approaching a year after I had come out to family and close friends. And so I had like a bunch of like little animals that coincidentally just had the most perfect things to say to me at all times of the day. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is like giving me so much motivation just to stick true to who I am and not worry about whether people think about me. And this is all just like fictional video game pixels of animals that obviously can't exist ever um yeah and that, that's actually one one thing i've been told about the animal crossing series is like if you if you have if you have problems with like winter depression or stuff like that pick up animal crossing because they will always cheer you right the f up oh so 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 quick and so in fact when nintendo had announced their um new nintendo 2ds excels um and nathan and i were super super interested in getting it but because i actually have digital games on my current on my new 3ds xl and because nintendo just hasn't figured out that you should just be allowed to link all your games to your nintendo profile um i just don't want to give up uh, animal crossing happy home designer and a few other electronic games i have on my 3ds um and so I and so I was like, I passed because I don't want to give up on those games. Um, and I'm and I'm happy with what like I'm happy with what I have. So. Um, so, yeah, that that's what I can say. Um, so, yeah. See, I find it funny that you brought up the whole 3D gimmick because a lot of, like I remember when that got announced, a lot of people were just like, eh, I don't think that's going to work. But I do remember. I, I wish I could remember the guy who actually said this, but it was literally the day that the 3DS got announced on um, like on the show floor at E3. This <sighs> Alex Jones esque guy 
actually stepped on to it wasn't even Fox News. I think it was like CNBC or something like that. And uh, he was just immediately going off. Don't you guys see the actual problem? The 3DS will give us all eye cancer. It will accelerate the the growth of tumors within your brain because of the 3D mechanic. It was actually going to do that. And what, what made this even better was he was immediately going off also into the whole concept of and the fact that this actually has portable Wi-Fi. Don't you see what they're actually trying to do? They're going to create portable opium dens that we all go into and that we never leave. And by that point, the only the only company that had actually come out and said that they would sponsor sponsor open Wi-Fi, especially for the 3DS, was McDonald's. That's so funny. So you heard it here first. McDonald's is an opium den for everybody. Well, and I mean, I, we, I remember... well, I mean, how is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Brent, Brenton, only when the McRib comes around. That's only when the only time it's ever an opium den. <laughs> funny thing is, according to Oh, I mean, I mean, you saw who officiated my wedding. According to him, the McRib is made out of cat parts. So, yeah. Well, but but I'm, I I just I laugh at that whole concept because this guy was like screaming out that you know this this game console after so ma- so many before it this was the apocalypse this was the end and it wasn't on Fox News people it was on the other networks and this guy was given a platform that is something else i could like i could understand his point of view on like eye cancer and tumors in the brain but you lost me at opium dens so yeah exactly that that was the part where it went all weird and and i remember nintendo actually took this guy seriously enough that they actually put out a report saying no that's not what this thing actually does and uh I just and the funniest thing is like to this day I don't know of anybody who on their 3ds actually has the 3d turned on. In fact, some of them downgraded to the 2ds because there's like me. I don't see a reason why not to. And I remember turning that thing on for the first time. I'm like, oh man, headache. Oh, that hurts my eyes. And I've never yeah. turned it on ever since. That's that's my problem too with wearing glasses. Every like you know wearing glasses, everything's already a little um. What's what's the word I'm trying to say here? Um embellished so when you turn into 3d it just makes it 10 times worth worse through glasses and i'm just like i and i'm like no i'm not getting a headache while playing a video game i this is this is relax time for me not i need to leave yeah and and what makes that even worse is like well i'm, I'm already gonna get that because if i play for longer than two hours my neck is done but um so you have the the eye strain because of the weird 3d mechanic but then also having like headphones on that's just exacerbating your headache by that point. Cause like, oh cool, booming game music. Oh wait, your eyes hurt. Ah crap, I'm just getting a headache all around. All right, so we actually are almost running out of time, but there is one other thing that I want to get into, which is I kind of re- rerouted to handhelds because we've got guys, it's almost the end of the year for the Switch. We actually need to talk about it a little bit. And that's simply, we're coming up on its first year of development, or first year out as the next legitimate Nintendo console. Um, and no, I'm, I, I know that one disappointing thing for Alex was that it in fact turned out not to be a space shuttle. Oh. But it's so still I'm, I'm a just... shuttle. Like, Alex and I have agreed <laughs> that it's still a shuttle. It's a shuttle okay, in our right. hearts. It's, it's a it's shuttle a... in our hearts. We called it Nintendo Shuttle. You're just going to have to accept it, and we're going to keep bringing it up until the day you die. So. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that's one thing that you guys can be disappointed about, but let's actually talk about it. Um, 
overall, would we actually say that this has been a successful year for the Switch? And maybe also, like, what do we look forward to seeing the Switch do moving forward? Um, I'll start with this. Obviously, I've, I've made my point kind of clear, so it's not going to take too long to go into. But um, I think it has been, despite the fact that there hasn't been as many third parties um, out there with games for it right here and now. Um, there has been a solid third-party showing. I would say it's a solid one. And the first-party showings that have come out have gotten enough of a, of a viewpoint and an audience for Nintendo to be able to work with. So I will actually say that this has been a successful year for the Switch and also for Nintendo. Uh, what I would like to see going forward is obviously I got my wish with new Metroid games, so I'm good with that. Um, I, I would actually think this is probably the ideal console to bring back a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily have a lot of spotlight recently. I do know that a Kirby game is in the works for the Switch, so that's going to be covered. Fire Emblem's getting a lot of a mention and poor Romney, he's going to get so mad at us because we didn't mention Fire Emblem, which is one of his loves. Um, so we have a lot of these things. I, and I also am looking forward to seeing what indie developers are doing for the switch in the future. Cause a lot of really awesome games that have come out for the switch have been from indie developers. It's been surprising to see, uh, games like ukulele. Well, ukulele isn't out for switch just yet, but uh, snake path came out for it. Octopath traveler from, um, I'm I know that they say it's Square Enix, but I'm thoroughly convinced that's coming from Tok Tokyo RPG Factory. Um, there's tons of stuff that's out there right here and now, and I believe that there, we've got even more to come in the future for the Switch. So I think I think the Switch's future is actually really bright. Uh, Brinton, where are you standing on it? Where Where are you standing on the Switch this year? Like, has it done well? And wh what are you looking forward to, or would like to see improved in the future? Yeah, I think the Switch has been a major success. I think this is definitely what Nintendo needed coming out of the era of the Wii U. Uh, I am I am one of those who advocate for the Wii U. I personally did enjoy the console. I am also wise and know that there are faults to it, and I don't ignore the faults, but I also don't ignore what the Wii U did well. Uh, but I do know that there were too many faults that the Switch was able to essentially, I guess this is a bad way of saying it, but essentially able to cover up and then rise Nintendo from its ashes. Uh, I think Nintendo has had a phenomenal year. Uh, they've had so many awesome game releases. Um, I mean, Breath of the Wild just won the Golden Joystick Game of the Year award, which is amazing. I think that I think Breath of the Wild absolutely 100% deserves that in every capacity. Um, yep, so and I think the uh, the video game awards list got leaked somewhere, and somebody was actually saying that Breath of the Wild is up for a number of nominations, it's but not also leaked. it's officially published. Yeah. It um, but there's also been talk that Odyssey and I think Splatoon 2 also made the lists. Not in the Game Awards, no. Odyssey did, but not Splatoon 2. Splatoon, Splatoon 2 is fun, uh, just because I can fi actually play it with people. I mean, uh, I guess if we want to kind of get into... I guess if I want to get into a little bit what they could do better, I think a really awesome patch update for Splatoon 2 is allowing you to join a party with people, and that way you don't have to join friends randomly and then hope 
that you get put into the same four-person team because yeah. one thing that really bothers Nathan and I is Nathan and I is that our win to lose ratios are very different and so I typically end up on the team that is uh, that's been put together because they're less likely to lose unfortunately compared to the team where Nathan is more likely to win. Uh, I mean, occasionally I do win, but it's it really sucks because it's like, oh, there's my husband in the distance. He's covering up this patch of ground that I need to cover up for my own team, but I don't want to be, I don't want to splat him. That's not fun. But then I end up, but then I end up anyway, because it's like, well, He's either going to splat me or I'm going to splat him. Like, either way, one of us is going to lose. Um, and so that's when it becomes, like, that's when it's not super fun. But but I still enjoy Splatoon 2. Uh, I loved Breath of the Wild, and I'm looking forward to the additional story content coming out sometime in the next month. Um, because, because that should be coming out sometime soon. I mean, obviously, I've... I love Super Mario Odyssey. Oh my gosh, that game is incredible. And I'm like going through it very slowly because because it's a Mario 3D platformer that we've been waiting for for such a long time. And so I'm just trying to soak it all in, even though I know that completing that game is going to take a very, very long time. Um, luckily, but as adult gamers, that's kind of what we want. We, yeah. we want a game that's going to last a while. I did. Nathan did get a strategy guide, though. So if I end up getting to a point where I'm like, hey, I just can't find this effing moon, then I can just look it up and kind of get on with get get it get on with it because because there's already been a few times where I've had to refer to the strategy guide because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, yeah. And then obviously there's been awesome like a ton of awesome indie games. Um, Fire Emblem. That's actually one thing that I'm really happy about with this cons with this console generation. Like in the previous one, Xbox kind of dominated the indie scene. Yes. In this one, like at the beginning, it looked like Sony was going to dominate. But as things have gone on, um, that's not necessarily the case. Xbox has their dedicated indie developers. Sony has their dedicated ones. And so does Nintendo. And that's that's the best part about that is like now we can get some interesting ideas uh, for people who solely develop for the Switch. Exactly. Um, and then lastly, just because I want to get Alex a chance to speak before we end off of the show, but um, if also one other thing that I think that it could improve upon, I mean, yes, I'm excited for Animal Crossing Pocket Camp on my phone, but I want my Animal Crossing Switch, damn it! <laughs> I kind of wondered if that was going to get brought up, but yeah. Oh no, Nathan! Like I can both, see your, I can see your your frustration there. Like both Nathan and I were like excited. We're like, ooh, Pocket Camp, yay! Where's our Switch version? Like, I mean, gratitude. Crickets. I mean, it's like it's like yes, we're grateful, but still, gimme, gimme, gimme! Like, what the actual hell, Nintendo? Like, I, in my honest opinion, I think that was, I think that was. If there was a failure that Nintendo had this year, it was no Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch. Yes, I am saying it as... Yes, I am saying it even though I have Pocket Camp on my phone waiting to be touched. I am still griping that there is no Animal Crossing for the Switch. I'm saying it here now, and that's all. Like, you know, mic drop. I'm done. Mic drop. There you go. All right. So, Alex, now you're the only one here who doesn't have a switch. But as we could as we could tell, uh, you've had tremendous buyer's remorse when it came to the Wii U versus the switch. 
Um, so at that point, like, how would you, since, since you've played a lot of the Switch games that I've been able to try out, as well as be able to see some announcements that you've been excited for or were frustrated with, how do you feel that the Switch has done in its first year? And what do you think, um, what do you look forward to in the future? And maybe also one, one other thing you think Nintendo could improve upon? Well, I am pleasantly surprised about how well the Switch has done this year. Considering the launch library was pretty minuscule, I was a little worried going into it, seeing them launch not only with a very small library, but also launching in spring, early spring for that matter, kind of outside peak season for for buying and for gift giving and whatnot. But I've been very impressed. I mean, Nintendo's really, really delivered. Uh, not they've been able to court a whole lot of other game companies that kind of went the wayside over the last few years they've certainly brought a lot of new stuff even if it is a lot of porting they've still brought a lot of new innovative titles that probably never would have seen the light of day on nintendo beforehand and i'm impressed i think they've really began to turn things around and i'm looking forward to seeing where they can do in the future as for what they could probably continue to do to hopefully continue their stride is not only bring the third parties, but also, well, bring some new third party brand new titles. Right now, we've seen a lot of third parties, but we've also seen a lot of ports of games that have been out for a little while. And yeah, Skyrim mm -hmm, and Skyrim and such. So let's hope we start seeing some brand new third party titles, not just a bunch of old ports in the future and the time to come, as well as some some more heavy hitter first party titles. I mean, of course, we had Breath of the Wild this year. That was huge. And, you know, I played that on Wii U and I enjoyed the hell out of that game. And I I want to go play it again, damn it. But I got to wait until I can get my Switch. So... Uh, but we've, you know, now we have Mario Odyssey. I got to play that a little bit with you, and that seems like it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of great times. It's great to finally get a, a big flagship title because we didn't have a real flagship Mario title for the Wii U. We just we had more little side games, more spin-off titles. So my you, you wouldn't consider 3D World to be that? Not really. Uh, when I think of because it was, it's considered it. Uh, I just when I think of more flagship mainstay titles, I think of more. I just think of more like you know, like Mar like a Mario sixty four, like a Mario Sunshine, like a Mario Galaxy. There's Ma your there's your problem is is because three D World was supposed to be a merger. It was supposed to be a merger of the three D Mario mechanics plus mm. New Super Mario Brothers. So that I, I can see where your problem was. Yeah, it's just that I don't like to when I see like Mario World, I think of it as more of a throwback title. That then I think of it as a as a big mainstay, big budget, high end title that let that they pour a lot of resources into. This is more of the uh, of a B team project, and that's not to belittle it in that sense, because even B team projects have merit, right? But this is more of a this is more of a throwback, and it's a B team project, right? But the A game is still the triple A game, so to speak, is going to be in something like Odyssey. So I guess that's my piece is I'm I'm thrilled that the Switch is doing well. I think they've done it real done great this year. Their sales are certainly are showing for it. And I just I wanna see a great mix and match of some really innovative and great third party games that are new, as well as some great first party games. This this is definitely a year where we can honestly say that this is um this is not a year where Nintendo's handheld has had to carry the company. 
the Switch has been able to do very, very, very well. Even the nostalgic, oh, because we're bringing this from Wii U, um, they've done fairly well. Like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has had a, a really good shining in there. I would dare say Splatoon 2, even though it is a sequel, is another one of those, oh, Wii U being brought over to here because... Wii U doesn't change a whole lot to the or Splatoon 2 doesn't change a whole lot to the formula so at that point even though it's a sequel a lot of people look at it that way but Breath of the Wild Odyssey they've been solid successes and at the beginning and end of the year so that's definitely a helpful thing one one negative thing that I was kind of hoping one of us would bring up so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up is we still don't know how the online system for the switch is going to work oh, we don't yeah. have that yet we yeah, don't have a virtual true. console we don't have anything like that and so that's like the one thing that i would really like to see going forward we've had snippets here and there but i want my virtual console on the switch damn it i completely forgot about that because that should have started already by now according to what they talked about at like the conference in february and in summer well, they, they bypassed E3. They didn't even talk about it there. They waited until August, I think. And then they gave us like a snippet. And that's all they've given us. Like they, they basically said that um, things would start off for free and then there would be a monthly uh, fee or not a monthly. Uh, I think it was a yearly fee you'd have to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I completely but forgot they, about that. The thing that worried me about it was that um, they were talking about doing new variations to the virtual console instead of making them more um, instead of just bringing out the game, but making them more competitive. So like uh, if you ever played those NES remix games where it was basically like you have to accomplish this weird task within the game, that's what they were thinking of doing with virtual console titles. And guys, one of the biggest things that has been a seller for me, both for Wii and Wii U, has been the virtual console. And so I want that in there. The only virtual console that there is to speak of right now on it is there's a bunch of Neo Geo titles on it. I don't know why they're there, but they are. And so at that point, it's like, oh, I really wish they just released the virtual console already because I really want to own like some of the I want to see what games that they're going to bring out for it. So that's like my only gripe is I want to see this online system. It needs to be out there. I don't know why, why it's taken so long for Nintendo to implement it. Oh, wait, they could have been implementing this last generation, but instead they didn't. That's the problem. <laughs> so there you go. But um, we are actually way over time. So I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast. First of all, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, also thank you so much to the panelists for showing up to discuss all things Nintendo. And if people want to reach out to you guys to not only experience your awesome youtube content but also maybe clarify on some of the things that you brought up in the podcast uh alex the shadow blazer how do they get a hold of you well the best place you can find me here on youtube is my channel shadow blazer 3000 i produce anime related content reviews lists the occasional let's play and if you want to follow me on social media and always be up to date of what I'm talking about, or just if I when I publish out a new video, then follow me on Twitter at Alex J. Short. All right. And Brinton Volley, how do they get a hold of you? I can be found on YouTube at Brinton Volley Gaming. I produce let's play content currently playing final fantasy 7 um finally getting through the rest of that let's play and getting to the end of it um slowly but surely and i can also be found on twitter at bvolley01 
All right. And if people want to get a hold of me, the best places to do so is, first of all, check out my YouTube content, which is youtube.com slash drac2326. People might have noticed that Why We Geek isn't necessarily showing up there right off the bat. It's because now we have a full-on RSS feed, and I'd rather feature that first and then eventually bring them over to the YouTube channel later. But you can check out youtube.com slash drac2326. I do Let's Plays, vlogs, reviews, mostly of gaming, but I do tackle other geeky things along the way, so you guys have plenty of stuff to look forward to on the channel. You can also reach out to my Facebook page, which is at DracLP on Facebook, and you can check out all the content there, as well as you can reach out to me on Twitter at Drac2326. And finally, if you want to be able to support and help out the podcast, uh, the first place that you can go to is our RSS feed or our Podomatic page, which is whywegeek.podomatic.com. And that's where the episodes are going to go up first, and then eventually they will make their way to YouTube uh, as they go along. But I want to give like a good month or, or something like that before they actually reach uh, YouTube so that the podcast uh, viewers on iTunes and whatnot can actually get access to it. And we actually are on iTunes, too. You can check out uh, Why We Geek, and it'll get you right to the page there and if you want to follow us on social media you can do so on twitter at why we geek and uh, you can leave suggestions for upcoming episodes or leave your feedback there in fact if you want to leave direct suggestions you can also email us at why at gmail.com and we do have a facebook page but i'm having a little bit of issues um, trying to get everything set up so it's easier to search for so i'm not going to give that right away but stay tuned for that and we'll get that information to you as quick as we can I think that's all. Have I done all the necessary plugging? Yes, I have done all the necessary plugging. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the podcast. Um, even though it's almost in its first full year, it's been an amazing trip to be able to get this going. And I'm already working on next year's uh, agenda for why we geek and getting all the episodes put together. So, and also once again, thank you to the panelists for showing up on this one, but that's going to go ahead and do it for us. So thank you guys so much for watching and we will be back in December where we'll be talking about the, the next biggest fandom that has ever existed in all of geek culture, which kind of got spoiled earlier as we'll be discussing Star Wars. So we'll see you guys next time for the next Why We Geek.